0: Thanks for joining us today on the CenterPoint Podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Well, we're so glad you chose to hang out with us a little bit this morning, and we're excited about what God is doing. And, and we're actually in part three of this series where we're looking at how, how we feel alone during seasons of our life. And, and I know for some of you, you're in that season right now. And it doesn't matter how we got there, the truth is, we often find ourselves in these seasons that allow us to experience Him on the mountaintops, to the valleys, to the wilderness, all the way to a storm. And it's our hope that we understand that God is with us. God's with us through the highs and the lows and everything in between. Now, before we just push the gas pedal down into this this talk this morning. Next week, I'm really excited to share with this, this idea of, of how Christmas is just not a season. It, it literally is not just a, but it's always, it, it's literally an, 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 a moment to unwrap every single day. And some are like, man, I can't handle unwrapping the more presents. But, you know, it, it is true. It, it was given to us. It was given to us. And so it's our opportunity to, to unwrap Christmas every single day. It depends on how you see who Jesus is in your life. And so God is with us, and, and which leads us into something very special, which is Christmas. And so now on your way, and understanding, hopefully on your way in, you, you, you got some things and connection point and everything else, but maybe as you sit down, there was something in your seat that, that, that Jeff mentioned earlier, but I just want to take a second simply because it's huge, and, and if, if you could just get that out, I would ask for you just to pull that out and just stare at it for a second and just understand how important this is. We hope you plan on, first of all, being with us. You're You're invited. Because we believe what God can do with it during Eve Eve, but our teams are gearing up for an amazing evening that will be full of God with us. And we, we want to take you, you know, take you on a journey with understanding who He is to us, but more importantly, how He can impact our world. And I pray that you'll take some time this week to reach out to those around you, where you work, where you live, where you play, and maybe give this to them. And say, will not you come be my guest? Here's the truth. Research shows this, especially in, in the times of Christmas and Easter, that eight out of 10 people, if you give them something, if you strategically hand them something, say, hey, why don't you come be my guest, they're going to show up. They're going to be right there with you. And so my question for you this morning is, as you're looking at this in your hand, is who is it? Who are you going to invest and invite? Who are you going to say, come with me? Because It matters. And, and the next thing is, would you take a moment and just to, to, you know, on social media and share it in a way, or media, text, email, I, I don't really know everything we have out there, but would you take a second and, and, and just share it? Because here's why it's important. It is a ticketed event, and we know that seats go quickly, especially for some of the early services. And so if, if you could help us out in that way, and, it, and, if, and if you want to grab some extra tickets and hand those out, that's, that's cool too, but please, please be aware that we know this place fills up. And we just want you to have a place, and we want you, your friends to have a place. And so help us you know, by getting online. You can do that during the service right now if you want to. If you just want to check out, that's fine. But come on, check back in here in a second. But you know, God with us, and this is going to be an amazing moment with Eve Eve, and I hope you take this seriously because it has the potential to change lives. And so uh, here's where we've been. Over the past two weeks, we've been communicating. It, it, it is, it, it is, it, it, you can enjoy God on the mountaintops, Right? But we get to know him where? Intimately, in the valleys, right? We, we get to know him on the mountaintops, but the truth is when, when we have that moment, when we fall down, when we slip up, when we, we stumble, we get to know him intimately in the valleys. And then last week, we talked about how most of the times we come out of the valley. We just immediately come out of that valley because the valley, is a, there's a starting point and there's an ending point, but when we come out of that valley, we, we actually find ourselves typically in a wilderness. We're kind of lost, you know, there's a season of life where, where God, you know, is just like, Where are you, God? Where are you, God? And we're screaming and everything because we're just going through the woods and we're just like, Where is He? But then He gently whispers, doesn't He? He whispers in those moments in the wilderness. And the reason why, He doesn't want you to be lost. He wants you close. He whispers because He wants you close. Satan screams from the mountaintops, but Jesus, God, whispers to you to keep you close, to keep you From harm's way. And so that wraps us all up to this point today. And and we've themed all this around one idea out of Matthew's gospel, Matthew 1.23, where it says this, Matthew said, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. They will call him Emmanuel. Say it with me, church. What's Emmanuel? God is with us. God is with us. And for some of you, you need to hear that just right now. In the midst of the storm that you're in, in the valley that you're in, maybe you're on the mountaintop, but you still need to be reminded that God is with you. God is with you. No matter where you're at, no matter the circumstances that you find yourself in, God is with you. And you need to know that this morning. You see, from the mountaintops to the valleys, to the wilderness, to the storms of life, we're all going to see where God is with us through it all. Physical storms are so interesting because in our culture we have so many different types of storms, don't we? Uh, from from political ones, right? Come on, right? We we came and talk about politics without going, you know, and it's a storm. Uh, to other things, to relationships. To family, you're getting ready to get into some storms. Some of you are like, man, do we have to go? Right? Y'all ain't being truthful this morning already. Everybody's like, oh, I love my family. Liars. Anyways, but if you look at inwardly and you just be honest, there's some bigger storms out there, even, even physical ones like hurricanes, Winter storms that just covered the state of North Carolina and Tennessee and they're still going to be covering, uncovering snow. Frosty's even lost. I mean, it's crazy how much snow's down there. I mean, are the ones that just sweep like a firestorm that just literally just caused havoc on the West Coast with Paradise Storm. I mean, there's all kinds of storms and then there's, there's fast moving storms that we sometimes see. There's ice storms and, the, and there's all kinds of storms that just cover this Neck of the woods, like Al Yoker typically says. You know, tornadoes is the ones that we most think of when we think of a storm in this area. And they just pop out of nowhere, don't they? We know it's sort of coming, but it, all of a sudden it just hits and, and maybe we don't have enough time to respond. But then uh, like, like a hurricane or something, we, we know we have really some time to respond and we move and we get away from it. But sometimes we, we can't get away from all storms, can we? You see, even in the presence of a storm, some of us might ask, where's the presence of God? Like, why, God, would you allow this to happen? Why are we stuck in this moment? If you've lived long enough with what i realized this in storms is, and you might've heard this, especially because it was passed on to me a long time ago, you're either in a storm, right? Or you're coming out of a storm or you're getting ready to go into a storm. It's just that simple. The truth is some of you, you might even feel like there's a cloud hanging over you right now, just like Linus or Eeyore always, right? You know, I grow, I have four kids, so come on, y'all. You got to be gracious with my analogies. It's just a constant storm cloud over top of you, and you're just like, ha! And it's just like, what? Why? Why? Why am I just constantly being attacked? Because you're constantly being challenged and you're just screaming out to God loudly, where are you, God? God, if you're there, can you please just show up and give me an umbrella? Here's what you need to know about this. And it's sometimes difficult to swallow, but God never promised we would be storm-free in our lives. He even said it this way in the gospel of John 16, In this life, you will what? Have trouble. See, storms will happen, but so is his presence during the storm. We just have to see it. We just have to sort of see it. And then it changes our perspective or it changes the trajectory of where we're going. You see, about 15 years ago, my wife and I um, got caught up in a very, very bad storm. And uh, a, a storm that, honestly, if we're just being really transparent up here, it redefined our relationship. Now, some of you are like, well, what was it? What did you get caught in? No, I was actually flying an airplane, all right? If you didn't know, I'm a pilot. And so, you know, I was flying and I was coming back from the East Coast and she was with me and we took off early that morning and literally the ATC, if you don't know what that is, Air Traffic Control, they said, hey, you know, you need to get up early and you need to get going because there's some storms eh, brewing over the Appalachians. So, you know, Black Mountain, everything going east. The mountains you cross going over to, going down to Florida or, or, you know, the East Coast, yeah, those mountains, when it just causes havoc, man, up in the air if you're not ready for it. And so we started heading towards it, and, 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 and it, everything was crystal clear as we took off where we, was, where we departed from, and she's like, are we going to make it? I said, yeah, we're good, no problem. So she trusted me, first one. So she, she trusted me. We get up, and, you know, it's starting to get a little bumpy. You know, and I can see it sort of developing. And all of a sudden, the ground just sort of disappears because the clouds are moving. And I'm thinking, if we just climb a little bit higher, we'll, we'll get over this. And I could see in front of me that this, this cloud just was developing like crazy. But yet, I was like, I'm going to trust the plane. I'm going I'm to believe in this plane, and it's going to get us through it. And, and so the next thing I know, that she looks at me and says, are we are going to be okay? I said, yeah, just a little storm. We'll be all right. We, we keep on going, and, and we, next thing you know, I'm trying to climb higher and higher, and, and our little plane, it only goes so high, you know. It ain't a jet. It ain't going to go over that storm. But I found myself immediately in a storm, and a storm that, like, you could see the ground disappear, and then all of a sudden you see the clouds start to just, just to surround you. And it was white at one time, but all of a sudden we got to the heart of the storm, maybe even the leading edge of the storm, and it was just all of a sudden black. The lights in our, in, our, in our thing all came on. And the next thing you know, it was not just, it was. <laughs> and Sarah nearly came out of her seat. She looked at me and said, oh, you, I can trust you. You know, and I was like, you can, we're, we're okay. We got this. We got this. This plane ain't going to go down. We got this. Light ain't going everywhere. Hell hitting the plane. And I'm like, we ain't got this. <laughs> Call 911. We going down. She's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. We're going to keep on going. And, you know, out of stubbornness, you just think you you can get through the storm. But I knew we weren't going to make it. I knew we needed to make a a decision. And so I turned. I did the only thing I knew what to do. My my pilot training kicked in immediately. And and you don't look at the outside because you can't see what's upside, downside, right side, upside. You don't know what direction you're going in a storm. Only thing you know is to look at the instruments. When you look at that instrument, it will not lie. It will tell you which way you need to go. I called ATC and I said, hey, listen to what we're in. You guys didn't tell me the truth. Maybe I didn't want to listen to the truth. I thought we could make it home and outrun the storm. But clearly, I've got to turn around. And so I turned 180 degrees at a constant bank, which is kind of scary. And as we turned back around and we start heading back in the same direction we came from, what seemed like an hour was only about 10 minutes of constant jerking around and Sarah's just confessing all of her sins and praying that she's not, you know. And I'm just really trying hard to stay focused and to say I wasn't sweating, I, you know, right? my butt cheeks wasn't tight, um, would be lying because I didn't know what was about to happen. And all of a sudden, pff, we come right now that cloud bank. We come right out of it. And it was like we shot out of a cannon. And she looked at her and she goes, thank God. I was like, I don't know if God put us in that storm. I think we did it. I think we made a choice to go into that storm because you wanted to get home. And I felt like I was confident I could get you through that storm. And see, the next thing I know, she's just like, you need to land. I, I'm sick. I'm about to throw up. I was like, uh, you, you throw up. I'm going to throw up. You, you can't do that. And so, like, I, I, like literally, like, there was just an opening in the clouds. And, like, when I say opening, think of, like, a big hole, like a big donut, you know? And it's just, you could see the ground, and we're flying at 12,000 feet. Next thing I know, I was like, honey, I know you trust me, but this ain't going to be fun. And she said, what are you going to do? I did a maneuver. I did a maneuver. Let's just say it this way: she ain't been flying since. And, (laughs) but I did a maneuver which is called a forward slip. So actually, what you're doing is you're taking the front wing and throwing it forward completely. So you're flying sideways, sort of, and then you dip it forward so you don't pick up any airspeed, but you drop like a rock. And then on top of it, to not gain any airspeed and have complete control, guess what you do? You flip it on its side and start to spiral and spiral and spiral and spiral. So we went from 12,000 feet to 1,000 feet in about two minutes. Well, her hair was constantly. And I was like, this is cool. I've always wanted to try this. This is great. I look over her. She's green. So please don't throw up. Please don't throw up. Needless to say, we were on the ground and there was an airport right there. Augusta, Georgia. We landed the plane. And uh, she, she wanted to get out, but here's what happened. Immediately, the cloud went, boom, covered us. And it started to hail. It started, literally, the wind started blowing so hard that it started to pick our plane up and shove it across the runway. And, and it was a dangerous moment. It was, just, it was a surreal moment. We were on the ground, though, but we almost got flipped over on the ground. I, was, I felt like I should be up in the air. I could handle, at least handle it up there. I, after the storm passed for about an hour, we, we got out of the plane, and they came out and greeted us, and, and we were just like, Sarah was just beside herself, and she, she didn't know what to do. This is pre-cell phones, y'all, so I mean, it's, it's just a moment of clarity. Like, what do you do? I just sat there and held her. <laughs> get off me! <laughs> you know, okay. A little, you know, we had some, had some counseling to get us through that moment, but, you know, she got out of the plane, and she, she goes, I'm driving back. I ain't getting back in that plane. I said, ah, oh, you'll be all right let's go get some food, and we'll go, you know, nope, I'm done, I'm never flying with you again. I'm never getting back in that plane. And I said, well, let's, you know, we'll just get a hotel, you'll sleep it, sleep it off, and I said, listen, honey, you, you gotta drive 12 more hours to get home, or you can get that plane and, and, and fly with me tomorrow morning when it's gonna be completely calm. So she slept it off, and I, at least I talked some small sense into her because I didn't have the money to rent a car and fly the plane home, but we got home. I tell you that whole story is, is 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 this, we all make decisions that are going to either get us in a storm, allow us to come out of a storm, or to be in the presence of a storm. The question is, is where are you at right now in this middle of the storm? How are you focused on, on what can move you from here to there in the middle of the storm? Unfortunately, we all have some type of storm that we're in, isn't it? They may look kind of funny at some times, and then we can talk about them later on in life. They may look different. This is the one I just described, but you're just hoping to get through it, aren't you? The storm of addiction, possibly even the storm of divorce. Maybe it's the storm of you're getting married and it just went astray. Maybe it's the storm of I'll be alone for the rest of my life. Maybe it's the storm of infidelity. Maybe you were in a storm that you're being bullied at school. What about a financial storm? It's Christmas. What happens when you put that in the little, and it goes, beep, 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 declined. You see, depression's real. Teenage pregnancy's real. Unemployment is real. And whatever the storm is, they are real. And sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of a real fear, and we just want the storm to go away, don't we? You see, during the middle of a bad storm, we blame God, don't we? Come on. Don't we? We've even questioned God, why does he allow these storms to keep on happening to me? We might even ask, where are you, God, in the midst of the biggest storms of your life? The big idea for us today is simple as this. And if you're taking notes, I I pray you write this down because it's huge. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. And some of you needed to hear that. You see, in the book of Acts, the apostle Paul gets, gets stuck in a storm on a boat with about 276 people as they were sailing for Crete in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, but actually crashed on this island a Malta. And, you know, I've actually spent some time on this island as a missionary back in my college days, and I was able to go to some of the very same places the Apostle Paul was there and communicating as he had visited. And, his, and I can testify to you that from my viewpoint of standing on some of those cliffs and looking at the rocks into the waters, man, you could see that these are some raging seas. And you could understand how boats could definitely get caught up in it and go down. They're very violent when the clouds turn over that bank and, and just come out. And you can understand the fear that's in that, in that moment of alone, loneliness. And you're you're ready just to quit. And you're ready to throw in the white flag and give up. Yeah, I can see it. I can understand it because I was there and I saw some raging winds and I saw what possibly could have been the same type of raging wind that caused them to crash their boat. If you have your Bible, the letter in the book of, uh, of, of the New Testament called Acts, we're going to dive into that in, in the, sort of the last two chapters there in Acts 27. And we're going to read from Acts 27, starting in verse 18, and, and it says this, the Apostle Paul sets this up this way. He says, we took, we took such a violent battering from the storm that, that the next day they begin to throw cargo overboard. Now, I, you know, sometimes when we get into that storm, we start to throw things, don't we? Anybody, anybody a thrower? In the middle of your storm, you start to throw things, and then you just, yuck, yuck. you know, I remember one time I was really mad, and, and I, this is a confession of a pastor, but we were just driving, and Sarah, we were arguing, and I don't know if you've ever argued with your spouse, but the only thing I had in front of me, and I needed some counseling at that moment, there was a bag of Twizzlers, and I just threw it out the window. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> But we throw things, don't we? We throw things sometimes. When we're just so mad. I threw a bag of Twizzlers out the window. All right, I littered. I'll go clean it up. But it was those moments where we just don't even know what we're doing. We just we throw things overboard because we're out of fear. We just want to live, and we're just we're angry, or we're just why we throw things overboard. This is what's going on. How many begin to throw things overboard overboard when that first huge wave comes at you? That first big, huge wave that comes at you, you just, oh, and you throw whatever you can overboard because you, that's all you know what to do. Verse 19, says, on, on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. They're throwing everything that is valuable to them overboard because they're, they're scared to death that this ship is going down. Then in verse 20, we come to something that is critical for us today. In verse 20, it says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for them for many days, and the storm continued raging. I don't know if you caught that, but it's completely dark. They can't see right to left, up to down. It's just just storm. And the waves are crashing over them, and it's constant. It's battering them. And it says, comma, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. There's no more SOS. There's no more 911. It's over, rover, game over. Everything seemed dark and and after days they gave up hope and in the middle of the presence of the storm, they gave up all hope. From any storm we've ever been engaged with, from debt to addiction to marriage, we, we just don't see any hope. We give up, don't we? We just, I'm done. We give up on our marriage and say, well, it's just, it was a failed marriage. We give up on this and say, you know, I'll just do it this way. We, I, we, we, do, we tend to give up way too easy. We give up simply because it's easier to die than it is to live, isn't it? Did you catch that? It's easier sometimes just to say, game over, than it is to say, you know what? I'm gonna fight through this. I'm gonna turn this ship around and I'm gonna fight because I have a God with me once more. So after a while of not eating, Paul says this. He knows that this is critical. Verse 21 says, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sell to Crete. And then you would have spared yourself the damage and loss you know, if you've ever been in a storm or some situation, have you ever been around that one guy that just wants to put their one sense of good sense in that's the wrong timing, right? I told you so. You shouldn't have got in it, right? Maybe it's you. Maybe you're the guy that always is that guy. And some of you know exactly what to do because your spouse is like this right now, right? It's you. Some of you just want to throat punch the guy right in the throat. That's Okay because they won't shut up. I told you so. This is what's going to happen if we did this. We should have never sailed and this would have never happened, y'all. You see, they made a decision to go out into the environment that was very risky. And as Christ followers or, or in the, the church environment that I grew up, when, when those type of storms arise, sometimes we just blame Satan, don't we? I think we, we are giving him way too much credit for some things that happen because sometimes it's our fault. It's our fault that we left the shore. It's our fault that we took off in the airplane. It's our fault that we got into that relationship. It's our fault that we didn't see the trouble in the marriage and we didn't seek out counsel. It's our fault that we find ourselves in a financial storm because you can't stop spending money. That loneliness loneliness that you feel, maybe it's because you ran your mouth way too much and your friends are all gone. Maybe you're in a storm because you don't know how to get out of that relationship that everyone said you better not. Maybe you even feel like, well, God will get me out of this one. God, he's got my back, which is true. But if he wants you to stay there for a while and learn something (laughs) Guess what? Jonah in the well was a sticky situation for three days. I don't think I want to do that one. It could even hurt those around you, but the bottom line is storms happen to all of us and we find ourselves in the presence of storms. Maybe we should lean in to his presence more when we, when we give up. When we just, the culture around us just tells us to give up. Just, just quit, walk away, start something new. Follow your heart. You see, I want to plead with you. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Now, what happens next is Paul says in verse 22, 22 and he says, I think you need to hear this as well because he says this out loud in a way that I think, magnifies into our hearts today. It says, but now I urge you, I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Not one of you will, will, will fall in this moment, but, but, but only this ship will be destroyed. Only this ship will be destroyed. Did you catch that? You see, you're going to make it, but it's going to cost you something. It's, you're going to make it through it, but if you have courage, you're going you're to you're succeed, but but it's gonna cost you something. The ship will be destroyed, but keep courage because it will allow you to make it through it. How do we know this? And Paul said it this way in verse 23. He said, last night, an angel of God to whom I belong, I follow him and, and, and someone showed up, an angel of the Lord showed up and, and whom I serve stood beside me. And in verse 24, at the beginning of it, it said, and said, do not be afraid. You see, when, when we figure out God is, is with you in the storm, it changes how you ride out the storm, doesn't it? When you figure out who's in your boat, it changes your perspective of the storm. It's all about who's in the boat in the middle of the storm. Even right now, there, there's a spiritual storm brewing over us. When we say we're going to go do something more for this community, don't tell me that spiritual tax don't come. They're going to attack you. And if you're a part of this tribe, we call CP, it's going to happen. And we know it's true because it's happening. There's spiritual warfare. Even in this room, there's, there's evil things that are a presence. There's storms that are hanging over us, but here is the beautiful side of this. There says, just like this, last night, an angel of the Lord, the God to whom I belong, whom I serve, stood beside me. Don't you ever forget, there is holiness. There are angels. There are other spiritual warfare that are taking place. There are angels around us ready to protect us. You just got to understand that he is presently with us. It's really up to us how we choose to fight through the storm. One of my favorite passages in the New Testament, there's a story of where the disciples, and Jesus was on a boat in the storm. And Jesus was actually exhausted from ministering. He was sleeping through the storm. And, and I wonder if he was like, you know, it was like a big old sound maker, you know, like, whoosh, whoosh. And he's just down there just enjoying some rest. And, but they was literally stuck in a storm in a boat in the middle of the ocean there, in, in, in the sea. And, and it, was, it was unbelievable what was going on. And the, and the disciples, you know, they're here, they're upstairs, and like, it's either one or the other. Either he's really exhausted, and he was out sleeping, or he was just testing the disciples to see if they were all in or not. He was just like you know, checking them out, one eye open, you know, one of those moments. But I, I don't know. All I'm going to do is read the text. But what I do know is this. is The disciples allowed the presence of the storm to overcome who they were and to overcome who they were with in the boat because they thought they were going to die. They, they were crying like little kids who come running in the middle of the night during a bad thunderstorm and crawls up into your bed. And like, mommy, daddy, I'm scared, right? And the truth is, some of you adults do the same thing to your kids. Like, I just want to go check on my child. And you go crawl up with them because you're scared. But let's just be honest, right? It doesn't matter wh- which one you are. The, they, they literally are questioning everything about where Jesus is in a moment like this. Why doesn't he do anything? Where, what's going to happen? And they actually said this in Mark 4, 38 and 39. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. At least he knew he had good taste, you know? The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus wakes up. And he can almost like, He looks at the little kiddie pool at this moment. Little splashes, and he grins and says, in verse 39, he got up, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, quiet, you're messing with my sleep. No, he didn't say that. Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and completely was calm. And everyone on the boat experienced peace immediately. And why they experience peace in the boat? I don't want you to miss this. Because Jesus was in the boat. Jesus was in the boat. You see, real peace is not found in the absence of the storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. Why did three wise men hike across the desert? They wanted to go find peace. Why did so many shepherds come running in the middle of the night? They were looking for peace. Why do we call him the Prince of Peace? Because he was God with us. You see, real peace is found in the presence of Jesus. He he is with me right beside you, and he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. Look at this verse in 23 again in Acts I want you to see this, what Paul said last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong, whom I serve, who stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You see, you must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously give you the lives of all you sell with. In other words, you can't go down in this battle because I got more for you. Paul, I've got something more for you. Spiritual battle, yes, but I'm telling you something better is coming because God has more battles for you to fight with me. Maybe the reason you're in a storm or in this moment in your life is because you're going to to help the next person during their storm. The storm that that may have taken your ship, but you're not dead, is, is beginning to prepare you for what's next. You see, God will use what you have learned to help others through the next storm, There's always another storm. There's always a purpose for a storm. Storms never surprise God. They catch us off guard, but they are changing us from day to day because we're staying close to Jesus. See, he is whispering to us in the battle, light is coming, light is coming, light is coming. You're going to be okay. There's a purpose for this next wave. It's going to hurt. Peace be with you. You see, even last night we were talking to some friends and and we knew they were going through it. And the truth is, a couple years ago, we went through a huge storm in our family and it just sort of just wrecked us. It happened and we didn't know what to do about it. But last night, we knew the reason why we went through that, that physical hell on earth is because of last night. We were able to encourage, we were able to pray, we were able to love on a a family and say, it it may seem dark, but let me tell you about the light that's coming. It may hurt in that moment, and you may feel like there's no hope, and you might get beaded and bashed around and flipped upside down, and you just want to vomit. But I'm telling you, there's a reason, and maybe one of the reasons is to help others later on. You don't know, but all we know is peace is coming. You see, if we wish to to look around at our current climate of our life, our culture, one may think we look around and just say, God, where are you? Hey, God, what's going on? From the Old Testament to the New Testament, from the last letter of the Old Testament, which is Malachi, to the new one, which is Matthew, there is over 400 years of silence of God. And don't think for one moment those guys did not ask the same questions. God, where are you? You said you were going to do this. God, you said you were going to do this. Where are you, God? Can you imagine how many storms happened over 400 years? And you've wondered over the past one year, where are you, God? How many battles were being fought then? But then God all of a sudden ushered in his peace in the form of a baby. The virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God with us. See, the rest is now directly placed onto you. It's, 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 it's literally directed to your boat. Who's on your boat? Who's inside your ship? Is God with you during the storm or have you completely gave up hope? You see, storms will happen, but I want you to hear this. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God in you. Some of you needed to hear that right now because I know the storms of life are huge. Storms of unknown, storms of what's next, Storms of, where are they? Storms of, I thought they loved me. Storms of, that medical thing that just came out of nowhere. Maybe it is a marriage that's failing right now and you don't know what to do with it. Maybe it's your best friend and, They've just rejected Jesus. I don't know the storms. I can just tell you that I've, I've had my fair share and I know that I'm in one right now. Sometimes it, it just feels like you're all alone. But the truth is God places certain people around you to encourage you. God instrumentally uses you to help others see that there's light. He, he allows us to breathe life into one another because as Christ followers, we're supposed to bear one another's stuff. When that person can't handle any more of the beating of the storm, it's, maybe it's up for us to run out into that wind, to run out into the hell and, and to take one for them and just cover them. Maybe the God in you is trying to urge you to see the urgency of the people around you because they're looking for God. And I don't know what that means. I just know that God is always with us and it's up to us to believe in it, to believe it. He's for us, he's not against us. There are battles that we face. There's spiritual battles, there's spiritual wars, and there's spiritual things that I can't even understand all the time. I just know sometimes we feel alone in that storm of life. And he's breathing life into us this morning. He's breathing into us. He's whispering, and I know it, I trust it. Hey, you're not alone. Peace is with you. Listen to me. I'm here. Don't be afraid. I'm here. Jesus, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time this morning in the way that allows us to, to draw near to you. I pray over the people who are stuck in the storm right now who feel like that they're just being battered left and right. And they don't see any daylight. God, they just feel like it's, it's over. They've gave up all hope. God, wherever they're at in their, their walk with you, may they just lean into you and they, may they feel the presence of peace that comes from your love, that changes everything. And may we never forget in the presence of a storm, you are there. May we never doubt you are there. May we never give up hope because you are here. For God so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall have what? Life. It might hurt, but you're going to have life. So Jesus, today I'll just pray over us to have life and abundance of life that changes others' lives. And may we just go through the storm together and we, we just rally around one another and we just press through this season because it is a season. Change is coming. Life is coming. May we draw near to you this morning, Lord. Just, may we just do that. May we change what we care about in a way that changes us by leaning into you. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name, amen.